Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael. Welcome to this week's episode of Lost Without Japan, a podcast based on Japan and your Lost Without Moments. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions, coming to you with positive thoughts and excitement for your next journey to Japan and his own return this summer. I'd like to thank you for giving me a bit of your time today, and I truly hope this podcast finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one no matter how it may seem at this moment. My belief is we can all use a beacon like this one in our lives to help guide us during these times, and I hope that Japan, along with this show, will become that for you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're returning Lost Without Listener, thank you again for your time and returning once more. As always, the advertising I include with my shows is done for free and is to help continue to promote the friends of the show, as well as the interviews that I've done in the past. I am super excited to share an off-the-beaten-path Tokyo excursion with you today, and that's outside of the main must-hits that you normally would hear on YouTube or other podcasts that would talk about Tokyo. I'm super excited also at the chance of including my son on an upcoming day trip episode as we will talk about some areas we're going to be visiting in Tokyo as well. So let's start today's show. So you wanted a different trip to Tokyo with some positive mental imagery. And let's imagine that today is a time for you to make your way to your next stop in Japan. As we continue our second day in Tokyo today, we'll begin by leaving our lodging, the Tokyo Park Hyatt, And before we do, make sure to double check that you have all your luggage, passport, and phone with you before our group leaves. You've made it. Today is the day you continue your journey throughout Japan. Go ahead, take a few deep breaths, and come along with your tour group as we make sure that your journey today is as wonderful as possible. Whether it's your first trip or return one, this awe-inspiring country. For the purpose of our show, we're going to use the middle of June 2023 for rates and lodging, knowing full well that these rates will most likely increase closer to the date. And if you're looking now, with spring viewing being a popular activity throughout Japan, prices are definitely up. Remember, you can always reach out to the show at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com or at lostwithoutjapan on Instagram. As always, You can access the show's Google document with information on past shows, Japan travel tips and tricks, in the description for today's show. If you've been enjoying our show, please think about supporting our completely crowdfunded show. Link to this is in our show notes through Patreon membership. And thank you for our additional member uh, that joined recently and ours that continue to do so. I'm looking to put the funds that we get through Patreon directly back into the show and look to purchase some mobile mics that I hope to use this summer to do some additional interviews as we're going out and about and also just to do 
some audio ASMR in some way, shape, or form, just to give you some sounds of Japan. For those of you that have been before, that'll be like going back home. And for you that haven't been, just something extra special. As always, today's stamp to take you directly to our talk on relaxing in Tokyo can be found in the notes for the show. I truly feel lucky we have each other on this journey, and I'm looking forward to both of us supporting each other's dreams and goals. And in that vein of adding positivity into the world, we're going to continue to support our past guests. And please know that Maurice's Kickstarter for Gambate is live now. So if you haven't already, please take a moment to just drop by, check it out. Information and link for that is in our show notes as well. For today's show, I'm going to skip our normal history of an area and instead just move into a few festivals that you could possibly look to include when you visit this area. Our first festival of note is Sumida River Festival. It is July 29th, a fireworks festival that takes place annually on the last Saturday of July along the Sumida River in the area near Asakusa and Mukojima. This is one of the three largest firework festivals of the year. It is on the same scale as the Tokyo Bay Fayaka Fire Festival and the Jingo Gaien Fireworks Display, with roots going back to the Edo period. And the Ryokan River opening ha- had its name changed and is carried on to, to the present. Although the area is still surrounded by buildings, instead of just the normal open area that it had been in years past, this summer tradition continues and gives you a glimpse back into the past when that reflection of fireworks fills the river's surface and just takes you back to a long-forgotten time. Asagaya Tanabata Festival in the end of July or first week of August. This festival began back in 1954 after the organizers searched for an area to host a festival and started a festival in Asagaya. Today, the festival is well known for a large paper mache figures that are displayed through the roof of the indoor Pearl Center shopping center. I have marked the Asaga train station for this event as it's just a short walk from the spot that you'll need to be for this. The Google Doc for the show includes a map link for the locations covered in our show for today. And for those of you that want to follow along, go ahead and open that up. And any dates that we talk about again will be that June time frame. One thing that stopped me from adding more to this section is that there are a few festivals that are working off of a lottery or a pre-registration system and don't have definite dates to this point. I feel like all of this should become more clear in the next few months, but it's going to cut it short for those of you traveling this summer. That being said, you won't have any shorter things to do this summer, so let's move on to discussing lodging options for your trip. Before we start talking about our day trip to Tokyo, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Snow Monkey Resorts. With winter the focus of our talks on the past episodes, it'd be remiss to not mention that Snow Monkey Resorts for your next trip to Japan. And in that episode where we talked about skiing and snowboarding in Japan, it is a great resource. But they will take it to the next level to make sure that your journey to Nagano, Japan will be an unforgettable one. More information can be found at snowmonkeyresorts.com or snowmonkeyresorts on Instagram. 
For myself, and I'm sure others, it'd be nice to have a slice of home when you've been on vacation for a while, or for those of you living overseas, just something to give you a break from time to time. There are a lot of wonderful choices for this, and there are a lot of fun places to visit, and I'm sure you're going to be happy with our choices that we're going to be discussing in today's show. For those of you beginning your journey with me today, we will do so at Meiji Jinguma Harajuku Station and head out to the front of the station so we can store our luggage at our choice of lodging before venturing out to explore the area. My lodging choice for our stay is the Nippon Sinikan Hotel, which is just about an 18 minutes under your own power walk or around 11 minutes when utilizing an 8-minute walk in the number 81 bus whose stop has been added to our saved Google Maps for the show and will run you about 210 yen. Depending on the time you leave, you can take local trains as well, which will require you to walk to another station and zigzag across the area and almost double your time to get to where we're going. The front desk for the Nippon Sinkan Hotel is on the ninth floor and does mention they have English-speaking staff available for assistance. Also on the ninth floor is the East Wind Gaian Restaurant that has a view of Meiji Jingu Gaian area. Breakfast is from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with entrance to this stopped a half hour before. Lunch is from 11.30 a.m. to 2.30 with no new orders accepted a half hour before closing time. At the time of recording, dinner service is unavailable with a cafe menu available from 4.30 to 5 instead. Breakfast currently is French toast, three types of cereal, and seasoned veggies for 2,200 yen per person. Lunch menu items can be ordered with bread or rice for 1,760 yen, or noodle dishes for 1,650 yen, sirloin steak for 1,760 yen, or the classic omu rice with demi-glaze sauce for 1,650 yen. Currently, there's no pricing I can find for that cafe menu service that they mentioned. And if you choose to book through the site, prices vary depending on the day of the week and number of people that you're going to be booking through. At the moment, prices range from 15,200 yen to 33,250 yen, depending on the size of room you pick and number of beds. Children less than five years old are included with each adult cost, but anyone older will run you more. And that is something to keep in mind if you're traveling together with a larger group or your family. I always like to look for something to eat before getting too much into my exploration. And for today's adventure, I'm going to recommend Eggs and Things, which can be found on the fourth floor of this location and is where you're going to find something I've missed. And that's a good Western style breakfast. This is a chain that was founded in Hawaii and was made to you know, have breakfast as an option all day long. The location is open currently from 9 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. Not only can you get pancakes and so much more here, but the serving size is larger than you would expect and could see someone who's used to a Japanese serving struggle a little bit to finish your meal. Some staff do speak English, and there's even an English menu available as well. Knowing you can start your day off without too much stress in your ordering, and even perhaps look to have a full stomach if you need some extra kick to start your day, guess what? You can even add an enormous amount of whipped cream to what you're eating. So with those whipped cream piles that clear the cups that I see in the pictures, you can even get a huge stack of pancakes to match that. As seems to be the theme for late, 
please take advantage of the reservation options available for the location and any location you can that you want to make sure that you see as almost everywhere in the world is understaffed at this time. Weekends, you're going to need to go early. And when I went to go look to book on a Wednesday, the earliest I could get in was a Friday. And that was only after 2.30 p.m. And with no weekend availability. So I'd look to book as far out as you can when you're making your trip. Pancakes set, you know, kind of a range of 727 yen to over 1,500 yen with toppings. They can range from mango, red bean, matcha, and so much more. There are even crepes, French toast, omelets, eggs benedict, eggs with sausage, bacon, spam, and more Hawaiian-themed dishes, such as a poke bowl, hamburger, spam, rice bowl, and so much more. You can add chocolate chips, a tower of whipped cream, coconut, fruits, chocolate sauce, ice cream, and so much more, ranging from 200 to 420 yen per topping. All in all, there's a lot to find here and make you feel a little closer to home and possibly not need to eat for the rest of the day on top of that. After a full stomach, it's time to head out and begin our exploration of the area by visiting a location that's open 24 hours a day and is seven floors of shopping fun. Most of you have heard of Don Quixote, but I bet a lot of you have not heard of Mega Don Quixote. Train travel times can vary to this location anywhere from 23 to 40 minutes, depending on which line you take and whether or not you find a local or more express route. Being that I want to make the most of our time today, I'm taking full advantage of the shorter route that heads out from the Ginza Ichom station that I've saved in our Google Maps. This station will get us there in three stops and ends at Nagatocho Station, where you'll switch to the Hanzoman line and the Sime Express to Rinkan for three more stops where you'll get off the Shibuya Station and finish with a four-minute jaunt to the Mega Don Quixote. Reviews mention that it's not so bad during the day, but at night and on weekends that the line for the tax-free purchases can have an over an hour wait. There'll also be some things there that you won't find at other locations. This is a great location for small gifts to take home. With it being open 24 hours, a great spot to get things early in the morning. Next, we're going to take a moment to relax and get away from the hustle and bustle of Tokyo for a bit and recharge ourselves with some nature in an area that you wouldn't expect to find it. When I feel overwhelmed in Tokyo, I truly enjoyed getting out of the city and heading out for some nature for a bit. However, this isn't always an option depending on your time and transportation that you have. For those that can't escape Tokyo itself, or can't commit a full day to doing so, the Megadro Sky Garden is a great and free option. To get to this location, we are going to head back to Shibuya Station and take the Den and Toshin line and the local Churikan Ikoji Ohashi Station, where it says it's a four-minute walk to the park. Be aware that an express service will not stop at this station. It has to be local. One challenge is that this location's entrance can be a bit hard to find. You can find the park on the Ohashi Junction and will require the use of a pedestrian bridge on National Route 246. 
While on this route, you're looking for a soccer field at the center of the location. And when you head towards this, you're looking for an elevator that will take you where you need to go. Some say the easiest way to find it, or someone visiting for the first time, is to look for the Koko Rafan Megaru Aishin Drugstore, which is in our Google Maps instead. And once you've found that, are able to find the library entrance and go up the elevator from there. I've included this location in our saved maps today. There is no food that's there for you to purchase. So if you're looking to enjoy a coffee or a snack or a picnic, as you look out and possibly see Fuji on a clear day, you need to bring your own. But please know there's no shade and it can get very windy up there as there's really not much to buffer you from that. There is a restroom though, and two picnic tables that are usually full around lunchtime. And although the garden is small, it really provides a nice escape. From there, we're going to be heading to somewhere that has a lot more wow, and some amazing views as well that you can add to your social media posts with Shibuya Sky. To get to this location, we'll reverse our previous trip and head back to Shibuya Station, which can be anywhere from 12 to 23 minutes trip, Entrance fee for this location, which if you purchase online and ahead of time, can save you a few hundred yen. Adults are 1,800 yen. High school and junior high students are 1,400. With elementary students and children's three and five being less than that. If you fall in love with this location and live in Japan, or you think you'll visit a few times during the year, you can get a year-long pass for 5,400 when they are available. However, at this moment, the lot they put out for sale has already sold out. You can only buy tickets ahead of time for a month in advance. So if you have a specific day in mind, you'll want to you know, plan accordingly. One thing to note that is in poor weather, they can close off portions of this area, especially those that are outdoor. The view from this location is simply breathtaking and worth a search to just see that in action. Now. You both have the 46th floor Sky Gallery and Skygate that's on the 14th and 15th floor that are just going to take your breath away. What I'm most excited about are the escalators, though, that provide you a, at times, almost it seems like a 360 view of the area. If you're bringing a camera, though, with you, you will need a neck strap to be able to bring it to the rooftop. There are also other items that are restricted with you, so they do have some small lockers. So bring a few hundred yen coins for you. The nice part, though, is, is that after you come back and get your items out of it, you get your money back. Remember, you can ride the escalators up and down as many times as you like. And quite a few people comment that some of the best views are from them. So take advantage. All of the floors that are below this are actually filled with a ton of shopping fun. If you only have one observation deck to visit, and the weather is nice, I'd say this is the one that you should visit when you are in Tokyo. All this running around has definitely made me hungry again. It's time to head out to Harry's Sandwich Company before heading out for dessert after. From Shibuya Station, you're going to hop aboard the Hanzoman Line and take the local Oshigi Omato Sando Station, where it's another nine-minute walk from there. One thing I love about this location is that not only can you get food that you would not normally be able to find in Japan, but there also seems to be some sort of events going on, including trivia, comedy nights, and so much more. 
This location is closed Mondays and Tuesdays with hours Wednesday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. and Saturdays and Sundays from 12 p.m. to around 11 p.m. 20 rotating cans of craft beer, cocktails, mocktails can be start you off. But the winner and what you're coming for are the sandwiches. Harry is from San Francisco and from repeated reviews say that he'll make you feel very welcome. Want real fries and mozzarella sticks with your sandwich? You can get that here as well. The staff speaks English and Japanese, and you can even pay by credit card. Sandwiches include Cuban sandwiches with numerous rave reviews to meatball, barbecue, chicken pesto, pork and mushroom, ham and cheese, North Beach Nassau, which is a grilled eggplant, tomato, onion, and homemade pesto sandwich, grilled cheese, peanut butter and jelly, and so much more. Sandwiches range from around 1,300 yen to more. Fries, tater tots, chips, curly fries are around 350 yen. You can even add mac and cheese as well. Adding to our comfort trend that we're going through now, we're going to head to Cookie Time, a store from New Zealand that's located in Shibuya, and luckily it's very close, bus stop away from Soroi Saman. In fact, it's saved in our Google Maps for you, and it's going to drop you off at Harajuku Station and leave us just a two-minute walk to the sweet shop. Where else can you get a chocolate milk, coffee milk, strawberry milk, among others, with a cookie placed on your straw for enjoyment while you're drinking for just 900 yen? You can also get a variety of sh chocolate shakes, including chocolate s'mores shakes, caramel cookie shakes, and more, ranging from 900 to 1100 yen. You can get large cookies for 380 yen each or 1100 yen for three and 3,500 yen for 10. Smaller cookies are 160 yen each, five for 700 yen, or 1,350 yen for 10. The treats don't stop there though. You can even get ice cream, ice cream cookies, and so much more. Now we are off to our next stop. One of my favorite things to do is to buy clothing that I can wear once I'm back home from Japan, and it makes me feel close to Japan once I return. On the next trip, I'm going to end up exploring Bape Store and Chain with Shibuya location. To get there, it's just a 14-minute trip that begins in Harajuku Station. And after three stops, we'll get out and have another about an eight-minute walk to get us to our next stop. Bape was founded by Nigo, real name Tomoko Nago, in 1993. At this point, Nigo was already a fixture in the Japanese streetwear scene. Earlier in the decade, he came together with Jun Takahashi to start the label Undercover. Their popularity really took off due to some celebrity help, and some people give credit to Little Wayne for blowing Bape up to the mainstream, while others claim that it, it was clips when they saw their clothes being worn during the mid-2000s involving some rap giants showing just how quickly Farrell's influence spread when the then-teenage rapper Soldier Boy scored a number one hit song with Crank That, where he name-checked the label. I got some bathing apes, and suddenly, a brand that had started out in Japan was now on the lips of music industry's biggest stars. This is a high-end store, though, with a few staff that speak English as well. But this might be one of those times where you end up asking for assistance, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But shirt ranges can vary quite a bit, from 9,000 yen 
to hoodies at 33,000 yen, jackets for 54,000 yen, shoes for 24,000 yen, and so much more. For a lot of this is out of outside my price range, but I do like to take money left at the end of my trip and put it towards these things that could leave me smiling even after. For me, I could easily spend 9,000 yen on a shirt, especially with you know, our conversion rates right now that bring it down to around $69 US. Don't be surprised though, if when it's busy, the staff come up as potentially short or like seemingly as rude. It would really help to have some minimal Japanese. And one thing I'm thinking about to help me with this is to hire someone for a few hours to hit up clothing stores with me that could act as a translator and help out. This could be huge, especially if you don't see the sizes that you need or you just want some help and making sure that you're relaxed during this time, because isn't that what this episode's all about? There are a variety of sites that offer translation services, and some could be free for an hour even too. I've not used any in person yet, and I'll go into more detail after I take advantage this summer. But I have found a site called showaround.com where I was able to find someone for my son and myself for three hours when we visit Tokyo that's completely free. We gave him a list of things we wanted to do, and we saw that there's also additional people that could charge around $30 an hour. And really, depending on what you're looking to do, that's not a bad price. And who knows? You might end up making a friend from that or just have an amazing lifelong memory. Now that we are sufficiently set up with drip for us to show off to others, it's time to move on again. Before we return back to our lodging, there's something else that I'm going to have our group do to be fully invigorated for the following day by looking to get a quality massage. My selection for this is the Erewhon Rapungi Thai Traditional Massage. From Bape, it's a six-minute walk back to Shibuya Station, where there'll be the Hanzomen Lion Express Kuki for two stops to the Aoyama Itochi Station, where we will take the Odai Line Local, the Tochomei, for one stop to Rapungi Station, where we'll have a six-minute more walk to get to our massage. For me, one thing that really drew me about suggesting this location are the number of views that talk about extending the length of their sessions. Reviews also mention that outside the building, it may look drab, but don't let it throw you off. Whether it's a foot massage for 30, 40, or 60 minutes, a traditional Thai massage for 60, 90, or 120 minutes, Thai therapy oil massages for 60, 90, 120 minutes, four-handed massages for 60 minutes, coconut oil massages for 75 to 90 minutes, And if you happen to be traveling and it is your birthday, you can book a massage and even get 20% off the total cost for this for you. Just bring your passport and ID to show your birthplace. Couples even get a 10% discount as well. The site is in English or Japanese and shows pricing ranging from 6,600 yen to 17,600 yen, depending on the time and services that you choose. You can use the site or line to book your stay, and it does give an option to go pretty far out this summer. So I'm truly tempted to go ahead and book this for myself, maybe early on, and then once again, um, towards the end of our trip, especially because it looks like right now at least they're offering a discount coupon for a return percentage off when you do so and take advantage of the services more than once. 
One thing that I do want to mention is that if you're in the Tokyo area, though, and you see massages being offered and there's an 18 and over sign, those are not the services that you want to offer. And instead, they're going to be the services you should expect to find in a red light area. Reviews mentioned being able to, to speak English and Japanese for some of the members as well, that it's super clean and that they have some same day availability as well. And just, you know, how can you turn down with seeing review after review saying, I want to return again and again. After a long day, it's time to head back to our choice of lodging. And from our massage, we're going to head back to Rapungi Station, where we'll run the Odo line back to the Tochome, two stops more to the Kokoritsu Gyoji Station, with an 11-minute walk back to where we will eventually call it a night and welcome the next tour group in the AM. Our next session is the honorable mentions. And next up with that, I have a few that I've recommended for your trip to Tokyo, including one that didn't quite fit into our last Lost in Translation episode, but is definitely something for those of you a fan of that, that you'll look to explore. For those looking to go all out with their lodging, there's a four-star option. I offer you the Aoyama Grand Hotel with rooms that range from anywhere from $300 to $900 a night, depending on how far you are when you book and what's going on. If it's cherry blossom season, expect closer to that $900 fee. With these huge range in pricings, I'd also just say book as far out as you possibly can. And take advantage of those travel discounts if you can find them through any site, because this is a chain. This location has a gorgeous outdoor rooftop bar with panoramic views of Tokyo, a sushi restaurant, an Italian restaurant, a Japanese restaurant, and they even take party options, private rooms, and so much more. Our unique addition for the day could help you find love with the Shinto Shrine Tokyo Daijengu, as you can often find this sh shrine filled with worshippers hoping to benefit from some help with matchmaking. And the reviews, there are even individuals that say they found a partner after visiting the shrine. So who knows? Maybe I'll head there and check it out myself. Even if it doesn't lead me to love, it could help provide a bit of relaxation in the middle of Tokyo. The office where you could buy charms or fortunes does vary a bit in its hours. But from what I can take is that it's open around 9 a.m. and stays open till around 5 p.m. After visiting the shrine, if you bump into your soulmate, you can both head off to Toronto Roasted Coffee and Sweets and get to know each other a little better. This location is a short walk from the Yotsuo Sanchom train station is located down a narrow alley. You can purchase loose coffee beans to take home with you, as well as homemade sweets that vary but can include cake, brownies, donuts, and seem to be made by the wife of the wife and husband combo that run this location. And I must tell you, the caramel drizzled pudding looks amazing, looks like cake, so much there for you, and the reviews really show how much the owners love what they do, but no mention of an English menu or the ability to speak English themselves, so it's going to really do you the best to go ahead and look at this uh, from our show notes in the Google Map area, pull up Google Translation, Google Lens and kind of look at that basic katakana, maybe sounding it out yourself. 
and have an idea of what you want to do because the menu that looks like it's available is on the counter and is handwritten. And at the time of this, a lot of people mentioned the ability of being able to book ahead of time. There are around 20 types of beans to choose from as well. If you speak Japanese, you can even reserve a seat ahead of time. There is a counter and table seating, but it looks like the shop does fill pretty quickly. Coffee pricing looks to range from around 500 to 700 yen, with the ability to take your coffee with you or stay there if there's seating available. One add-on from our last talk in Lost in Translation was where Charlotte met Bob and her friends at Club Orange, which in the movie was a strip club, but it wasn't one even at the time, and wasn't actually in the area they said it was either. It's actually a high-end clothing store, and not located in Shibuya, but let me tell you, my friends, Button-up shirts are starting around 30,800 yen, which normally, when the discount wasn't what it is right now, is around $308 US. Shorts ranging around 27,500 yen and pants around 46,200 yen. The basement level of the building is where this location is and was used for filming. The stairs are still the same and you can take them to APC Underground Store. One cool thing is the lower level remains largely unchanged, except for the lack of the poles and mirrors that they used in the movie and helped make the store look bigger than it actually is. If you've enjoyed today's show, feel free to join and support the show's Patreon. Details follows in the show notes for today. If you've been on the fence about joining this show's Patreon, there are some 30-day free trials, I believe, of the bar stool in Tokyo Park Hyatt tier that are still available. My hope is that once you've done this once, you'll go ahead and, you know, keep subscribing and keep supporting the show. We will look to move on to our next travel adventure in Japan with a Bocce the Rock themed episode and a really hip and upcoming area for music and just so much more in Tokyo. You have all that and so much more to look forward to with our next episode of Lost Without Japan. Please give a like, a comment, a follow in your favorite streaming service. And for updates, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram at Lost Without Japan. Looks like we're ready to call it a night, but before we begin our next adventure. So on behalf of Lost Without Japan and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this trip. And we're looking forward to seeing you on board again in two weeks for our next episode. To everyone out there, oh ginky day, stay well, my friends. Our song of the show is from a band that my son and I will be enjoying in Chicago when they visit from Japan, and that would be the Radwimps. And their song, Kana Thaluka. Links for this are also available in our show notes. Thank you all again, my friends. See you again soon. Koino
恋は革命でも焦燥でも天変地異でもなくて君だった